Hi, James. What's going on, Terry boy? Oh, you know, just eating breakfast. What's going on with you? Just hanging out in Rock Hill. Yeah, okay. I love that song we have as the intro. Everybody always makes fun of us for it. You know what? I think it's awesome. It's badass. I, I hear that song and I automatically just start getting hyped up for our podcast. I legitimately like that song. And that's why like, I suggested we were going to we use it because I was listening to it at the time. And I was like, this will be a good intro. It's, it's really catchy. It is. And you know what? I don't, under, I don't understand. Here's the thing. I'm not like a huge Nickelback fan or anything like that. But they have a couple catchy songs. And I don't really understand why people hate on them so much. Nick, if you're listening, like Nick and Adam, I'm referring to you two. <laughs> calling you out. Calling you both out. I give him credit. I was probably not a supporter. All their songs to me in the day sounded the same. But then if you don't listen to them for a long time and all of a sudden you hear this song, it's a great song. I think it's super catchy. Yeah. So all you guys F off. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously. Like lay off Nickelback. I'm not a huge fan, but lay off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic, classic. Well, for this show, we are happy to bring on our first uh, supporter, first supporter of the show. We're bringing on the Bloom BMX. Uh, this is an all BMX website dedicated to covering news in freestyle, racing, and flatland BMX. And we're the first to announce this and let you guys know that the owners of Magnolia BMX and Yazine have joined forces to cover the ladies in this amazing sport. So uh, if you want, you guys can check them out at www.thebloombmx.com. And follow them on Twitter and Instagram at the Bloom BMX. Yeah. And uh, oh, also, also, if you didn't know, you can head over to their website, check out an interview that's going to be up soon with fellow Canadian Dana Tusher. Oh, that'll be cool. Any any websites like that are good, especially to promote women in BMX. Yeah, I think that's <coughs> awesome. They're doing a women's only one because I mean, yeah, that's probably going to be the first in our sport to do that. So uh, happy to have bring them on as uh, our first supporter of the show. Yeah, it's really cool. And also, we uh, teamed up with 15BMX, and our podcasts are now going to be on 15BMX.com. So that's another place to, to listen to the good people over there. And uh, it's really cool to have their support as well. It's awesome. I'm liking this podcast gig, you know? It's Look at us, out. James. We're, we're, like, we're becoming like pretty legit. It's almost official. It's not just two guys you know, goofing off. It's, <laughs> you know, it's still pretty janky, the setup, but... <laughs> It's getting a little better now. It's like we're at least yeah, yeah. we're at least like sounding legit. I hope so. Just wait till we get some real technology here, because people don't know the jankiness that we actually have set up right now. They'd be even more impressed with the uh, the setup if they could see the jankiness of the setup. Oh yeah, yeah they could. Hey, <laughs> they really, really could. Classic. Uh, so Terry, you went down to Supercross this past weekend in Seattle. I was watching the race on TV. It looked super exciting. How was it? It was good. So. My first Supercross of the year to go and watch. I missed the ones in California I usually go to this year, and I was really bummed. So me and Savvy drove down and, uh, yeah, watched the Supercross. It was pretty cool, honestly. Um, the track was looked was pretty exciting to watch. The whoops were gnarly by the looks of it. They looked so long and aggressive. Oh, yeah, and the first turn was insane. Like, the first straight was so short, and there was crashes every lap in the first turn. Oh. Yeah, there was a wild. That one in the final with, uh, I don't know if I want to spoil it for anybody, but they probably watched it with Reed and Brayton. And Brayton got bounced. That was wild. Oh, those guys got effed up. Reed broke like eight <laughs> ribs. That's unreal. Oh, and then the poor guy, Gage Shear, I think his name is, he got really badly messed up in the LCQ. He like lacerated his liver, kidney, and a bunch of other crap. Jesus, yeah, that's gnarly. Um, but Let's take, a, but take so a minute here, talk about my fantasy team. Oh, yeah. That was, it was absolute debauchery of a fantasy team <laughs> you just you just swung for the fences guys in the lcq three in the 250 three and 450 
And both times in both classes, all my guys were going to make it out. I was cheering my head off. And both times, the third place guy who was going to make it in crashed out. And I was so bummed. Well, dude, you just pick like the highest handicapped guys and then just pray. <laughs> that's all I was doing. I don't know why I did. Like that's I not a just, great system. Yeah. Here's no, the thing. That was bad. The, the chance of all those, like you pick three privateers in each class, the chance of all three just lighting the world on fire and getting in the main isn't that high. No, it's really not. If, let me tell you, though, if they made it, ooh, I was going to do well. <laughs> Let's talk about my team for a second. Holy crap, was it good? Yeah, I don't know how you did that. You even had with the advantage, the, I'll give you that. But I yeah. had Nichols as my all-star, and even with Nichols crashing, dude, I got like top 600th in Pulp MX, and that's out of like 8,000 people. So I think, I, I seriously, I think I might have been able to win if he was counting, which he could have easily been counting. Yeah, I counted them up the way that would have worked, and you must have, you would have been, I would think, like within the top few guys. Oh, absolutely. And that would have been yeah. like nerdy, like nerdily saying that would have been really cool. <laughs> that would have been so cool. <laughs> that would have been really cool. <laughs> Classic. Uh, what else? What else? Oh, Tori. Okay. You know what? You are very hard to get a hold of when Sav's in town. <laughs> she has trained you well to, you know, keep the attention on her and not your phone let me just say that savannah's in town right now and i think i'm spending much less time on my phone it's irritating james (laughs) yes it really is (laughs) it's irritating james because i'm not texting him back as fast my response rate has gotten a lot lower i have to prepare for not not getting a response now although i was pretty busy because i did a speaking engagement on sunday yeah that's pretty cool what was that all about so it's um jen turner sport cairo for our national team asked me to do it and she was putting on a, a sport chiropractor conference, so we was just up there with Jen actually too and with the MC and we were both just talking about our experiences like um, traveling with the national team, uh, going to the Olympics, injuries and like all that kind of stuff and just our careers and it was really cool actually. It was the first time I've done like a, a kind of a formal public speaking engagement, you know, got all dressed up. Um, <laughs> nice, I saw that. Yeah, and then just kind of told my story and it was really cool actually. Like I used to be pretty scared to do that kind of stuff because public speaking is tough, but... Honestly, it's really easy to talk about yourself, and uh, we all have so many stories that we can share with people that you know are really interesting. And it's pretty cool to have uh, you know like a really eager audience that was really interested in what we had to say. That's cool. I saw they had like uh, Alex there, Hodgins, our uh, sports psych as well, and then they brought you, they had Jen, like they had a bunch of different people. That was uh, that would have been pretty interesting to be there to listen to. Yeah, it was cool. And Alex was the day before, so I didn't get to hear him talk, but I'm sure he would have been a really good. Um, really good speak or a speaker as well. Um, so it's kind of cool, and yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to doing that kind of stuff in the future. That's sweet. And you got to dress up classy, so that was. And you got fun. to dress up classy. You got some, you know, Mexican food after. It was a good day. That sounds fantastic. And then we, and then we, Savannah helped me clean my entire room. We cleaned out like all my old clothes and redid my room and living area. <laughs> it took. It took. Lady comes to town. Everything gets adjusted. Dude, it took five hours. <laughs> But it was seriously, seriously so good. Like, I'm just sitting here in my little office area now, and look, the place just looks empty. There was so much clutter before. That's so funny. It's so much better. It's so much better. I can imagine, yeah. It's okay. so much better. Tidiness is key. It is key. It is key. Yeah. It is key. So we've been riding the track outside now for the past couple weeks, getting ready for Rock Hill here. And, okay, I've had this debate in my head. We've had the gate set up on the Supercross Hill, and I've noticed that like, it's been pretty fast. And I feel like over the past year, the pro gates have started to get faster, which I'm a big fan of. Um, but it, what do you think the positive and negatives are of these fast gates and slow gates? Because in my mind, I've always thought that BMX and the gate should be like like a hundred meter sprint, where basically you can you can time it, but as soon as it goes off, you should be able to sprint. And I feel like gates in the past weren't like that. You had to time them so much. 
but I'm liking them a lot more of this now that they're gotten a little faster. What are your thoughts? Dude, I completely agree. Here's the thing. Why should we be able to hit the gate? What possible reason would there be for having a slow gate? Like, I don't see any benefits to it, to be honest. Um, I think the one at Abbotsford is honestly perfect because it's not so fast that it's dropping before you can react like some European gates are, but <clears throat> it's fast enough where you just see red light and floor it. And I think that's the best situation because like, why would you want people to be able to hit the gate? Can you imagine the 100 meter sprint if with their starting gun, if they reacted too soon, they'd be DQ'd or something? Like, I mean, they, yeah. okay, here's the thing. They do get DQ'd for false starts, I know, but I'm just kind of make the point that like, you should just be able to re- react and they should reward reaction time like that for us, I think. I'm completely on board with that too. I think it just makes the racing just, I wouldn't say more like tighter, but I mean, you're not worrying about one guy hitting the gate or something because he's trying to time it or something. It just makes everything so much closer. I think so too. And we can just, it's a true sprint then. Like, I don't think we yeah. should have to, I mean, here's the thing. We, we've all been, we've all had to adapt to slower gates at races, whatever, and we can all do it. Obviously we've proven that. But why? Yeah. Why bother? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm obviously, I guess I'm very biased too. Maybe people say that because I like fast gates or whatever. But yeah, like some of the gates in Europe obviously are even too fast for me. Like the ones the Frenchies ride on or I don't know, either the Pro Starts or the Ben Sinks that Dude, are like how super, fa- super how, quick. How fast was Paris when we first got there last year, the week before the race? Holy smokes, I felt like I hadn't had coffee in months. Like, I was just so late on that gate. Oh, you had to <laughs> lean over your handlebars and just pin it. <laughs> I think instead of leaning back when I stood up, I'd start leaning forward and just wait. <laughs> See, a gate like that, I feel like maybe too fast because, like, all form goes to shit and you just try and time it. Yeah, you know, it's kind of true. But somehow the Frenchies were still able to be on top of it. So well, that was crazy, but obviously it's home track, so. Well, I mean, if you ride it all the time, of course, but... Yeah. I don't know. I think I agree. Like, I think you should just have a gate where you can just see the red light and, and go for it and not have the possibility of hitting. Cause I don't really think that adds any benefit to racing. Yeah. I'm, I'm agree with that. So I thought I'd ask you, I wanted your opinion on that. Yeah. And Speaking always, of which I've always thought slow gates were annoying, but whatever. Yeah. Not like we can change them. No. Speaking of which though, the French cup that was on the weekend, uh, they probably had a fast gate there. Let's be real. But Mr. Kink killer at uh, Paris there, Jeremy Rencrell. One both days I saw, and then Romain was second both days as well. Those two guys are on it right now. Yeah, they are, and I saw that. Good for those boys, friends of the show. Yeah. I watched a bit of the racing there, and I, they, they have so many riders there. At French Cup, they had eights. Where was the French Cup? I didn't see where it was. I don't know. Okay. Our tech team didn't tell us where it was. Yeah, they our, sent me a video. Our fucking French correspondent didn't get back to us. <laughs> <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> our journalist, he got, yeah, our journalist that we sent to that race, he got stuck at the airport in Charles de Gaulle, and he... You couldn't make it back across in time. Yeah, what a bummer, hey. <laughs> um, but yeah, good for Jeremy. And it's crazy, those, like, so I, when I was staying with PH in France those years, I went to a French Cup, and I didn't, uh, I just wrote, I just rode practice with one of our local tracks and watched racing or whatever, but they have, like, 100 guys at them, but the prize money's crap. Is it the same as, like, a regular UCI race that we no, have in No, 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 it's, like, way, way, I don't know the exact amount, but it's way lower. Really? Yeah, it's way lower. That's what it was back then, and I don't know, those guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I remember, the prize money's pretty bad for those races, and they have like 100 guys, and the level is really high, because you look at all the top French guys they have, um, those races would be really tough to, to get on the box. Yeah, I can imagine. Like, like I said, they had at least eighths, which I saw in the video, and I'm, you're right, I'm pretty sure he only made like 800 euros, so that's really not much when you have that many guys and like that many rounds to go through. God damn. Oh, so I guess maybe it is the same as the UCI amount. Maybe, but yeah, that's not awesome. <laughs> no, I know, I know. 
Um, and those guys, like, they're, the system they have there is pretty cool. So they have they ride for um, their clubs, and uh, their clubs pay for their trips and all their expenses for those races, if I'm not mistaken. That's what Sylvan and um, Romain and those guys have told me. So their system's pretty good. Like, the actual series is legit. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I didn't. I, I think I only found that out last year as well. And that's so crazy and different from our programs at home that they actually do that. Yeah, there's actually like a, a club championship and stuff. And the I think the tracks make money if they win. So yeah, that gives them a little incentive to bring the top riders. That's awesome. No, no, we should get a French guy and a clarify because all my facts could be completely wrong. <laughs> we could just be spitting bullshit right now and not knowing a thing. So. They could just be like, "Oh, Tori, what a jackass! He's got no idea what he's talking about." <laughs> Just lying to the people right now. <laughs> no, no kidding. Just giving, spreading false news. We'll get somebody on eventually. Um, so Rock Hill this weekend. You're in Rock Hill at the moment. Yeah, I'm in Rock Hill. Okay, I have a love-hate relationship with this place. I love the track to race on. I think it's a great racetrack. Creates a lot of good battles. But I absolutely hate this hill. Dude, and the, hill, I know the, I hill's it, the hill's fine. The hill's fine. This hill. The hill's fine. The hill is not to spec, okay? We ride a supercross track that has specific specifications <laughs> of how big it should be, and this one's not it. <laughs> yeah, BMX is a sport built on regulations for tracks, yep. Yeah, that's what we do in BMX. That's what we do in BMX. <laughs> we run a pretty tight ship when it comes to regulations on tracks. <laughs> You're going to see me in the next World Cup. I think it's the end of this year. I'm going to be there protesting that they move the gate up to the proper height because it's too short and I don't like it. Well, here's the thing. Joe Smellmore can come off his couch, build a supercross and be like, yeah, it's legit. Let's have a World Cup and you'd probably get one. Yeah, probably. Probably. Like, I don't think anyone really gives a hell. I, unfortunately not, which kind of sucks because to be honest, there is actually specs of what a supercross hill is supposed to be and this one's not actually up to it. Yet we had the world championships on it and they left it. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously they can do whatever they want. It's not a big deal to them because it's a racetrack, but still, it's also kind of annoying in my mind. Yeah, but then there's also UCI specs for like track width and length. And do you think like, <laughs> do, you, do you think like the old USA BMX indoor Disney Cup followed that or Lake, pa- <laughs> or when we had, when we had a UCI round at Lake Paris and there was a little kicker on the side of the step up into the second turn? <laughs> yeah, I don't think that flies. Like, do you think that's, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, the hill's fine, James. Fine, I'll just put up with it and I'll just keep complaining to everybody else. Anyways. But to be to be fair, I was talking to Mike King about it before. They actually meant to put the pro gate farther back. Like a kind of where we stand on the flat part on the hill behind the gate. They meant to mount the pro gate there. So the king could be longer, it'd actually be eight meters, because I think it's seven now. I do actually remember hearing that from you too. Which yeah. That that's what they need to do, I think, is just pull the gate up and then have like a few steps onto the uh actual gate itself and then yeah, it'd be perfect. That's why it's like two and a half to the kink instead of three and a half. Yeah, it makes a big difference, though. It's surprising. Dude, just just drop the clutch and then throw your head over your bars. Just, yeah, do not be popping a wheelie on this gate. Oh my no God. wheelies. <laughs> Let's talk about how great the track is, though, quickly, because the, the rain rates back in, what was it, 2017, it was pouring rain, and the track held up absolutely perfectly. It's crazy how well it does here. Yeah, so the, actually, I like, I like going to race there, too. That, that race is really good. Yeah, so that'll be exciting. And uh, then we got some more race action to talk about next weekend, I guess, because Verona is this weekend as well. Another Supercross race in Italy, so that's exciting. Are the Smaller Sisters going? Ooh, I don't know. We'll have to find out now. So we got the, we forgot to mention, we got the Smolder Sisters coming on the show. They are coming on the show in a sec here. <laughs> it's going to be fun talking with Laura and Meryl. I feel like Meryl's nervous. I heard she is. This is going to be exciting for us. We're not the nervous ones this time. Let's just ask them like really inappropriate questions. I think we should. Let's do that and make like, it really fun for everybody. Like, let's like just be inappropriate and try and make her really uncomfortable with the question. 
like really difficult, See how nervous we can get really difficult, like controversial questions from Marilyn, and just, we'll just put her on the spot completely. I would laugh. I'll just be laughing the whole time. You just keep asking the questions. <laughs> what are you most excited to talk about with him? What am I most excited yeah. to? Um, I think just their relationship being like sisters, but also racing at such a high level. Um, I know we had Nick on the show and his brother's also at a high level, but the, these two, like Laura and Merrill, they went one, two at the world championships and they're sisters. I don't think that's ever happened in the sport and I can't see it happening ever again. So I really want to just talk about that dynamic between the two of them. Yeah. I would really want to hear what happened with TBE team or whatever. I don't really understand. Oh yeah. That's a big thing too. I've been interested about. So yeah, we got to find that out. Yeah. I don't really understand what happened. So I want to hear their perspective. Yeah. Let's get that. So get that I'm going to get them on the line here. James, on the line, we got the only two sisters to ever go gold and silver at the world champs. Who is it, James? Laura and Merrill. Welcome to the show. Hello. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> so where, where are you two ladies right now? At home, in Bicha. Doing what? Just having some tea and on the, on the podcast. Are you, are you girls fans of the show? <laughs> the biggest <laughs> <laughs> see the thing I, I don't know if I want Meryl on the show because I feel like she hasn't listened and she's not excited to be on here <laughs> just rude yeah. Yeah. We, might have to, just we, we might have to kick a little smold off the show unless her attitude improves <laughs> well I, I was listening to uh, Liam's one in Manchester and Meryl was next to me so she heard something I saw that I saw that okay we'll let it slide we'll let it slide yeah, well, this Thanks. time we'll let it slide. Um, how's the weather in Holland right now? Is it bipolar like usual? <laughs> yeah, well, we've ha- we've had some really good days and we have we've had some shit days the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, it's I don't know, all over the place. Same, same, little different. Same, same, little different. Have you girls been training at home, or have you have you recently gone anywhere to train? Oh well, we've only been home for a week now, and we're going to Verona tomorrow. So um, we've actually been at a lot of places the last couple of months. So yeah, it's been pretty good. Yeah, and your girls have been trained together often with your new team. Yeah, well, we've been we started the winter in New Zealand with Sarah and Saya and Jesse over there, and then uh, we came home, went to Manchester, to Paris to Spain and again to Manchester and then we got home and now we're going to Verona for the first European round. <laughs> yeah, how was New Zealand? You girls stayed with Sarah the whole time? Yeah, yeah, that was it was great. The whole month there with her wedding and training there was awesome with all the girls. It was really good. James? That sounds like, that sounds very really exciting. You guys are always all over the place here. Yeah. We're moving around oh, it was lot. it was a lot of all fun. Right, so, Getting right into it, okay, you guys already answered one of our first questions, which was, are you going to Verona? And one of the other questions that we've been getting asked by a lot of people to talk to you guys about, and I've been curious about too, is how is it racing against your sister? Like, I feel like if I was racing Tori all the time, which I mean, we do sometimes. What do you mean if I was racing Tori all the time? If, well, I mean, when we do, fine, when we do. I just feel like it would be annoying. There'd probably be a lot of positives, but also some negatives. It'd be annoying. How is it for you girls racing against each other? People want to know. Uh, well, I really like it because I just really want to be Laura. Um, sometimes it's harder for her probably because her little sister is coming close. <laughs> but um, no, I really like it. I really like the racer, especially because we're sisters and we train all the uh, we train together all the time. 
and yeah, I, I really like it. Fans are waiting. Fans. fans are waiting for Meryl to put the world champ over a turn. Yeah, and I think you. I think you are waiting for that moment. Yeah, and then, and then ru- ruining her hashtag lip kit is not right, James. I think I've commented just on so many photos saying the exact thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like growing up racing together, was it like was it a plus having another girl to ride with? Like obviously, you both were in BMX. Did you ride together growing up too? Well. I think, well, because I started with our older brother and then Meryl watched all our races and then she started riding uh, with us. Um, we always had like, our well, I always looked up to my brother and then wanted to do everything he was doing. And I guess Meryl had the same thing with me. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was, yeah, especially at the beginning because I was still looking up to Laura. Like she was my, like my big example for so many years. And then I needed a... Uh, like going the gate with her so at first it was really exciting but then especially after worlds last year i got so close that now i'm like oh <laughs> i, I want to beat her yeah i know you let her pass her you let your sister pass you in zolder last year <laughs> <laughs> yeah true true but I, I was not going fast anymore after that second jump on the second straight that was so bad yeah it must be fun though racing each other like you know, we don't have that kind of sibling dynamic in the sport. Like, it must, you must be really proud of each other as well, like, when either of you do well at a race. Yeah, well, I'm, I, I, usually I was watching Mirel when she was still younger in, in the other classes. I, I used to watch her and then get more nervous for her than for myself. <laughs> so that's, that's a bit weird. But, um, yeah, now it's just fun to line up on the gate together and then hopefully do well, like, both of us but like in shoulder was pretty fun because i messed up my gate in the final and then i saw Meryl in front of me on the second straight and i was like that's not gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) and i almost i almost started shouting to her just before the second turn i was gonna say like go outside go outside because i was gonna go in so much faster than her but i was like i i I shouldn't (laughs) i shouldn't All right, let's talk a little about the Worlds last year, obviously. That was a huge moment for the both of you in your individual careers, but also um, as sisters. So, Meryl, I guess before the Worlds, were you almost not selected to go to the Worlds until you got a result of the Zolder World Cup, or how did that work? Uh, Yeah, I broke my elbow in Paris right before the the first World Cup. And then... My rehab went really good, so we thought, like, oh, right solder, but with no expectations. Um, but then on the first day, the f- uh, literally my first, the first motor was so bad, so I had a LCQ. And I already got really annoyed that I was riding bad, even though it was my first race, so I shouldn't be complaining at all. And then I made it to the final, <laughs> and I got fourth, <laughs> and you needed to get like top four once to go to go to the world so i was like what um so i was really happy so that's why i didn't ride the second second day at all because i was like what i'm going to worlds and uh, yeah so i was really happy about that and then at worlds i wasn't even really thinking about like my result i was just like already happy that i was there so my only goal was to ride, um, like try to get to the final, because that would that would mean that it, that it, that would get get funded from the um, 
Like, yeah, the NOC, NSF, the Dutch National Olympic Committee. Yeah. And so I made the final, so I was already really happy and not nervous at all for the final. I was just like riding and then I crossed the finish line seconds. <laughs> and I, I think I think a lot of people don't realize how impressive your even your fourth in Zolder was because even the week before Papendal, you could barely ride, right? Yeah, true. Yeah, I was... I just got back on the bike before Papenal, and then at Papenal I was allowed to do the um, the open practice, and that's when I jumped the second straight for the first time again, <laughs> and then I did ride solder, and it was it was hard. That's why I didn't ride the second day either, because on the first day when I was on on the third straight, I needed to stay really calm, because you know the third straight is like the rhythm straight, so yeah. it goes really fast, and I my elbow couldn't really keep up yet <laughs> so i needed to be really focused and really focused on my elbow to not do anything weird or hit a hit a double with manual or anything so yeah i was really happy that i was already even riding no kidding and talk about a quick turnaround and an amazing result of the world hey james it was gnarly yeah that's pretty wild it's, i just going to the worlds when you have no expectations like that i think that's almost like pretty beneficial because a lot of people put so much pressure on themselves when they go to big races like that so for you going there with a little, I guess, less expectation in your own head, I'm sure that probably helped a lot going into the final. Yeah, yeah, I think it, it, it did. It did make a really big difference. So after you guys ended up going 1-2, was it a lot of media hype after that at home? Because like we kind of mentioned before, two sisters going 1-2 at the Worlds is probably never going to happen in our sport again. So how was the media after all that? Yeah, we had some um, some good media coverage. We had one talk show uh, the same night that we came home, and um, another one on the night after. So uh, yeah, we had we had quite some good. Yeah, we had a few TV shows and news, of course, um, coming to us to do some something about it. So um, yeah, that was pretty cool. Everyone liked it, and um, yeah, it was it's it is it is definitely special having two sisters on the podium, and then of course Judy Bau in in third with the whole Dutch podium. It's a pretty big thing. Yeah, that's amazing. Like first of all, BMX I think in Holland is way bigger than at least in North America. It's way bigger there to than to have three Dutchies go one, two, three on the podium at the Worlds. That must have been huge for the country and just like for your guys' program in general. It's yeah, it's so impressive. Yeah, yeah, it was it definitely was. Three three orange jerseys. <laughs> How good would that be if that was the Olympics, James? Uh, I, I, I wish we could get like just, you know, three guys, you know, into like the semis or something, let alone on the podium of the final. Oh, if, if Laurel and Laura and Merrill went one two at the Olympics, I think the internet would break. <laughs> I, I'd like to see that though I'd like to see that oh, that would be really cool that would be really yeah, cool what, what we really want to see is you guys going in 3-4 in like the maybe the final or the semi that's just, just mean if someone gets blasted oh so many people <laughs> asked yesterday that. yesterday we were at Papenau and the same question came up what would you do <laughs> we have one of those quest- we, have, we have one of those questions in the quick shots and I'll leave it for the quick shots James yeah we'll leave it for there <laughs> Um, so Laura, we're circling back a little to the Olympics in 2012. Um, <clears throat> so we'll talk about the Olympics a little. Like 2012, obviously you're a lot younger, um, and you just kind of just started doing well at the World Cups and that kind of thing. So um, winning a bronze medal, like at your first Olympics in that situation, must have been crazy. Yeah, definitely. I I 
I was always like at t- 2008. I was watching the Olympics together with Miro, and it was at 3 a.m. 3 a.m. in the morning for us. So we got up to watch it, and at that moment, I thought I want, I definitely want to go there sometime. So I made it my goal to go to Rio Olympics because I thought London was a bit too early for me because I was only going to be 18. And in 2011, I finished finished high school. And then started training with the national team uh, at Papenau. And at, like somehow that, that one year towards uh, London went so fast and I, I improved so much. It was crazy. And then just made the Olympic qualification, the, the last World Cup at Papenau. And then went to the Olympics, which was a dream already. Because I, I, so, like, I was stoked to go there and then just see how everything was going and the last 10 weeks before the Olympics, again, I improved a lot too. And then at the Olympics, I was like, well, I want to I wanna make the final. Uh, but if I'm in the final, I still want to have a goal. So I set the goal to top six because I made sixth in the time trail. And then on the gate, I think it was a bit like Merel at Worlds last year. Uh, I was happy to be in the final. I saw every, everybody in the stands, like 6,000 people. And I thought... This is the best feeling you can get, really. And then um, I was like, well, one more lap. I'll just uh, ride my best. And then cross the finish line third. Yeah, and I still, that moment, I can't really remember because it all was so crazy. And I didn't believe what just happened to me. <laughs> I was like, this, I'm, I'm still dreaming, I thought. But then on the big billboard, it set me in third place. So it got a little bit real, but... I think it took like half a year for me to have that sink in that I won the bronze medal. No kidding. Like, did your did your life change at all from it? Like, did you you become, are you more known in Holland now, or is it kind of the same after it? Well, it definitely helped our sport in general because that day, like for us in Holland, uh, we were live streamed on national television, and it was five p.m. So it's like prime time, Friday night. And because I got the medal and it was the most surprising medal for our country, they repeated it all night and all weekend. So I think the whole of Holland saw me winning that bronze medal. So it definitely helped for our sport and also for my name, of course. Um, And then after Rio, the same thing happened with Yellow. Of course, he won silver and then we were on television again. So, um, yeah. Like every four years, you see it, it gets a little bit bigger. That's wild. So first of all, I didn't even realize you were only 18 at those Olympics. That's crazy. So yeah. <laughs> winning an Olympic medal at that age, was it a huge confidence boost for you after the fact? Or did it kind of feel like a weight on your shoulders doing so well, I guess, so young? Well, it was a little bit of both, but at first, definitely a big uh, confidence boost because before before the Olympics, the only met, the only final I made was at Papendal World Cup, um, and my second final was at the Olympics. So after that, um, yeah, it definitely gave me a boost. Uh, I knew I could do it if uh, I just did my best lap, and so it definitely helped me after that. And um, but also because you know when you when you get that medal, you don't want to be just that one day fly. So I definitely also wanted to prove myself every race that that bronze medal was actually uh, mine and not meant to be someone else's. That's awesome. Yeah, because that same year you went on to win the Abbotsford World Cup. That was your first World Cup win, wasn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was that was a bit of a crazy race, though. <laughs> Women's and men's, that was a crazy race. There was people blowing up <laughs> <Yeah>. everywhere. <laughs> so, Meryl, seeing your sister yeah. accomplish that, was it something that motivated you to want to do the same thing and kind of um, start your own career, like, in Elite? Or, um, yeah, how was that? Yeah, definitely. Because when I was young, I was... Um, doing a lot of stuff like I was doing school but I also wanted to hang out with my friends and I wanted to go out to parties and, but also wanted to ride my bike but it wasn't really a big priority yet but then uh, I saw Laura uh, win bronze because my brother and I were on the stand so we were really like watching it live and I got so many like goosebumps all over my body and I was screaming so loud and then I was like yeah Hell yes, I want to do this too. I'm, I'm going to do that. So, yeah. That's awesome. Did you ever feel like, <clears throat> after your sister um, accomplished something so great, did you ever feel like you're in her shadow a little bit, or was it never really like that? No, I, like, especially in the beginning, I was like, hell yes, that's that's my sister. You know, I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm the little sister of, did you know? But... <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, especially coming into junior and like I was doing pretty good but still people were calling me like oh you're the little sister off and they're and they're still still doing that right now um but now it does get not really annoying but I'm like well I, I have a name too you know so yeah I do want to I do want to get that changed some sometime. That that maybe someone will call, call Laura. Oh, aren't you like the big sister of? <laughs> <laughs> That's not gonna That's happen. Cool. You definitely come into your own, especially now. Obviously, a world championship medal. That's absolutely amazing. So you're definitely not in any shadows anymore, Meryl. <laughs> cool. Um, so moving on, you guys both went to Manchester, or uh, no? Yeah, you guys were both there. Uh, we want to get you guys' thoughts on the track. We were we talked about it last show, I think it was, and uh, it just seemed like the track has gone pretty easy now. They've really just swapped it from being one of the most technical tracks to almost being a little too easy now. So the racing is really tight, and obviously the building itself is makes racing really tight because it's small. Uh, what are your thoughts on what they've done with the track and racing a World Cup in that building? Well, that's. I think it's definitely going to be interesting. the The straights are definitely safer than it used to be. Like, definitely, your second straight has changed for the better. But because it's that small and and the the turns are still the same, it's actually still dangerous. Because that, well, you're gonna go in with eight people at the same time in the same small turn, and that's gonna be one bowling. Pin, how do you call them? Pinball? Bowling pins. Bowling pins. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, for us girls, I think it will be fine. It will still be tight. But for you guys, you go in so fast. I was actually holding my breath every time the gate dropped for, for any of the guys' races. It doesn't even look that much safer now because you're going so fast and the track is just so but tight. Then, at, least, at least the crashes won't happen on the straight, so you won't, like crash into a into a jump or something but you there's there's definitely going to be crashes in the turns yeah me and me and james have talked about this a lot but i still think like no matter what the track is just too tight and um everyone's just too big and strong and fast now like to race a world cup there i don't i don't think we should do you think we should if you want to hear some goss <laughs> yeah they they are talking about maybe going from the well 
that they might want to race from the five meter hill instead of the eight. I th- I think that'd be better, honestly. Yeah, because you get got way less speed. Well, less speed and a bigger turn. Yeah, more room. The last thing we need for turns like that is to go in faster. Yeah, and especially because next year there's a, a Supercross race at Manchester again, but that's straight like right in front of the, the Olympics. It's so good. probably a lot of people won't even go because then they'll be like, yeah, well, we don't want to crash right before uh, Olympics. Yeah, because I remember when you raced the World Cup there in 2016, there were so many injuries. Like, that really sucks. Yeah, yeah exactly. So if if people are going to skip something, they probably skip that one. Yeah, yeah, well. It's too bad because they, like, they put so much money into the facility and, and then, again, change the track, but... Like the streets did get better, but then they, well, we we all get faster and faster, and then they have the next problem. Now the problem is in the turns. Yeah. Well, I guess there's no perfect solution, right? They try and do the best they can, but yeah. yeah. But but other than that, I really like the track now. Like I, uh, I used to like it, but I really like it a lot more now. So how's the pro? How's the pro section? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Laura does. Marilyn didn't I, I do like it. it. I, I like no. it. We Why not? Should race, we should race it. No. I, 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 could, I was too scared for the pickup. Oh, you'd be fine. Yeah, that pickup is pretty steep. Is I think that's the only thing they made harder. That one, I think they made it higher than it used to be. Oh, really? It's more lippy now? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, it looks like it. Well, at least they got rid of that step up, James. Yeah, that's yeah. a good thing, but I might need to raise my handlebars up then if I'm going to have to pull into a bigger roller. That thing was already big to begin oh, with. Oh, that's not something you want to bonk. That's just not no. something you want to bonk. <laughs> no. Uh, so going back to kind of you being sisters, living on the road, I guess you guys also live together at home. Uh, how is it being uh, basically traveling the world with your sister all the time? Because I know for me, when I was living with Tori all the time and he'd be playing his music in the shower every night... <laughs> I would get so irritated by it. <laughs> but how is it for you two? Well, it's pretty funny. We're actually two totally different personalities, but it works to live together. We're we're still we're still uh, alive, both of us. <laughs> so, um, nah, you know, we've got. Of course, we do have our fights, and we do have our um, like irritations or whatever but i guess if you talk about it, it it's all fine and um, i still like to live with meryl uh, if she's gonna leave i'm gonna be alone here it's pretty lonely <laughs> and it works and it works fine with training and everything meryl's meryl's also working so we're not together all the time meryl what do you do um <laughs> i work at uh geo that's um design bathrooms it's like yeah oh but yeah I do I do the social media and some like communication uh, within the company. Cool, good like, for you. Yeah, that's the company Raymond's was sponsored by, right? Yeah, we are too. It's on our helmet and oh, okay. our jersey. Oh yeah, I've seen it on yeah your guys' helmet. That's really cool. It's a good experience, to, like to do yeah. a job like that. Yeah, and you can yeah. do it. Yeah. Do you have flexible like... flexible hours? Sorry. Do you have flexible hours like around training and that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, because he totally gets it, because he used to ride BMX too, and he knows, like, what we're doing and what, what we're, like, training for, and I'm really someone that doesn't just, like, does the training, and then in between just go and lay on the couch, I don't want that, I'm, 
I know Laura does it, and I think it's no. I I, w- I just wouldn't do it. So that's why I was searching for something that I would be able to do or before my training or after. And then um, Lammert, that's what my boss is called, was like, yeah, well, I'm really searching for someone who wants to do social media. So I'm working 12 hours a week. And yeah, I really like it. It's really good. That's probably the perfect job for you, too. And it gives you something different to do and focus on than BMX. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's good to get some balance. Um, yeah. So one of the things I really wanted to know about you, too, like, so you're both in the D- Dutch team, but ended up both leaving a couple of years ago. So, what was the overall reasoning for that? Well, for me, um, I left in 2014, uh, and my main reason was the fact that um, they didn't do personalized uh, programming then. It was just one group and one uh, training schedule, um, and I didn't really like that fact. And I and I saw for myself that I needed to change some things to get better so um yeah that was my main reason to leave and start my own program yeah i never i've never really agreed with a one program fits all everyone's so different like someone like you shouldn't be training the same as tuan or you know and even like someone like tuan or neek they probably wouldn't want to train the same way like you just have to be individual i think yeah, exactly. It's like mostly it's the same, of course. It's the same sport we do, but like 70% is probably the same. But then the other 30% you need to personalize and, and look for your own uh, things that you need to get better at and then uh, train at those things. So um, I believe that we do need to have uh, personalized programs. No, I, I completely agree. So you left and then um, your dad was really involved with the TV team, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dad already had the team, and Merel used to be in that team, and then went to the talent talent um, team at the national uh, squad. And then uh, after two years, uh, she decided to come back to TVE, um, and I was already there uh, then. So we kind of changed out places. Uh, Merel went from TVE to the national team, and I went from the national team back to TVE, and then later Merel joined again. So. <laughs> So what ended up happening like end of last year? So you guys left the, that team, but you're still on TVE or something? Like, I don't really understand what happened. <laughs> well, it used to be TVE Ukuma. Yeah. And we, like the most easy story is that we just split it up. It was a huge team, like 16, right? Uh, 14 riders last year. Yeah. Um, and we said, we're going to be team TVE and then uh, team Ukuma. But TVE is still uh, supporting them too. So that's why they're called Ugama TVE. And we're just TVE. Oh, so so like, basically, it's, just, it's split it from one team to two. Oh, so same, same, but different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> same, same, a little different. Yeah, that's how it is. We were curious about that, though. But uh, so now moving on to kind of a separate team from your guys' official national team. Did your guys' funding change at all? Um, I don't know if you guys were receiving funding from the government or from the team, but uh, how did that work when you guys switched over to, uh, I'll say, a private team? Well, if you um, if you stay within the top eight uh, in the world, so either at World Champs make the final or uh, be in the World Cup ranking top eight, then you get uh, like a salary off of our National Olympic Committee. So Merel only just received that after last year's uh, Worlds. And I'm already on that program since 2012, uh, the Olympic Games. 
so um, yeah, that's that's really good that they that they support us like that. It's a it's a nice salary. It's not a big salary, but it it helps us that we don't have to work next to our BMX life. Um, and then besides that, we've got our sponsors, of course, with the team and um, some personal sponsors that help us uh, go everywhere. Okay, yeah, I've always been curious about how it works for you guys, like getting to all the races. Like, I know it's not obviously as far of a travel as it is for us in North America, but it seems you got, like you guys travel a lot more. So I was curious how you guys got to all those training camps and like races, if the teams helped you out or if it was government funding. Yeah, it's part like a bit of both. But the government funding is more uh, helping, or I see it, it's more helping to like live your life. Uh, like, I've got my house, I have, I've got my expenses at home, I need to go shopping and, and all that stuff. And then my PMX um, stuff, I see with my sponsors, um, they support me to like train and uh, to races and all those training camps. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, so I've seen, Meryl, I've seen you work with some, some guy in the gym. Like, who do you guys train with now? You guys, you're not working with Jaspers anymore, right? Yeah, we've got our um, uh, gym trainers. Merel's been with them uh, for two years now. Almost. Almost two years now. We lift. That's what, what they call their uh, weightlifting trainers. So they they have an, a lot of knowledge about strength and conditioning uh, in the gym and mostly weightlifting. So, um, yeah, for Merel, um, she had problems with her back and they helped her uh, get rid of that or, well, not really get rid of it, but train with it and get better. And I changed uh, gym trainers last summer uh, after Worlds. I went to train with them too because I saw how they were working with Merel and, uh, and just like the fact that they know a lot of um, just gym training. And uh, with Martijn, of course, Martijn did the whole program, but uh, he's not particularly a gym trainer. So... Um, I was just looking for small improvements everywhere, and I thought that there was one I could definitely improve on. Okay. Um, so on the bike stuff, then, do you girls just do that on your own, kind of, or do you get help with that from someone as well now? Yeah, we've got help with our programming <coughs> through the week. So uh, we've got one guy that helps uh, our uh, make our schedules, and then uh, we do all the BMX-specific stuff with the national team. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's cool because you girls still go to Papadol often to train. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's re it's a really good group, of course, and that's where the other uh, girls are too. So it's good to have some more girls on the gate to train with. No kidding, and I think just being there with around so many different people that have had success at World Cups and stuff. Like you ride, if you ride with people like that all the time, you're going to go to the race and just be ready and sharp. Yeah, exactly. I think it's really good. And we do have a lot of good riders here in Holland. We're really lucky with that. That's cool. Uh, I think that's an interesting topic, too, having a separate riding coach, let's say, versus a coach in the gym. I think that's something me and Tori have talked about. It's like me personally, I do the same. I have Robert to kind of do all my on-track BMX stuff. And then I use Kit, our strength conditioner at home. He's just gym-specific. And as long as you have good communication there, I think it works really well. But I think for other people, they see that as sometimes – I don't know. They don't see it working very well, but I think it's a great idea. Yeah, exactly. I think because they, of course, they have their um, like own expertise. They they are really good at their job uh, making programs for the gym. So I guess if exactly what you're saying, if the communication's right, then it would it should be only better for you. Absolutely. Like 
if people are experts in their field, like take advantage of it, you know? Like if, if, yeah. if <laughs> there's no reason why we can't take advantage of a dietitian and take advantage of a strength conditioning coach or a BMX coach and try and make the best overall program for everyone. Yeah, and in the end, it's it's going to be those small things that's going to make a change for you. So I was just looking for for some more improvements and I saw I saw a chance there. So then I take that. Yeah, and sometimes like, you know, a lot of time we do a lot of the similar stuff no matter who we work with. But sometimes just a change is, is good for motivation and to keep things fresh and everything over a prolonged career. Yeah, different look on, on what, whatever we're doing and... Um, yeah, it's really interesting. They went they went to the track with us. They never, uh, well, they saw it, of course, on television and everything, but they'd never been on a BMX bike before. So they went to the track with us to feel what it's like to ride it. And they were like, well, there's two guys. One was really stiff. He's the really <laughs> like the weightlifter, weightlifter, weightlifter. <laughs> big guy. And the other one actually did pretty good. He felt he felt the track and he was he was pumping pretty good. So I was I was impressed by him actually. Yeah, we were at the track on Thursday and after we were done training, my girlfriend Savannah wanted to try it, so she put on my helmet and goggles and had a couple laps and she thought it was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, BMX is so much fun, James. Awesome. <laughs> BMX is great. <laughs> what else is great? What's great, the James? Seg- the next segment of the show. The quick shot segment question. Question segment. I oh messed gosh. that up, guys. I messed it up. Are you girls familiar <laughs> with the quick shot questions? I know Meryl isn't, but Laura, are you? Yeah, well, quick answers, but Liam wasn't really good at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's the, here's the thing. Let's, let's make it quick. So the quick shots, we're, they're supposed to be like short answers. Yep. <laughs> Understood. <It's> supposed to be. <laughs> Go, James. All right. I'll start us off. This one's so for do we, do, Boy. Is it, is it How many for the both of us? Wait, wait. One, one, one sec, James. What did you say, Meryl? Was it, was it for the both of us or is it separate questions? Oh, yeah, James. How do we specify that? Oh, gosh. We didn't, we didn't clarify. Oh, this. fuck. We didn't, we didn't prepare. Let's just run <laughs> it and see what happens. If you guys you know, feel like one has a better answer, the one with the better answer should answer. All right. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Making a sound unprepared. Anyways, all right. From Matt Terry Boy. How many copies have you made for Tori the last two years before Papandal and Zolder? <laughs> <Not Nine>. Too many. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's welcome. Um, at the PDM. <laughs> Who's the more annoying sister? Me. Me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we agree on that. Oh, All right, this one's from at Sylvan Andre BMX. Meryl, Tokyo final... You're in fourth into the last turn. Laura's in third and leaves the door open. Do you smash her over the turn? <laughs> Hell yes. Fuck yeah, you do. Fuck yeah, you're not going to hit the brakes and sell for fourth. <laughs> might be an awkward flight back. To, might be an awkward drive back to the house, though. Yeah, that's fine. I'm, w- I'm waiting for the day Rach or Brooke puts each other over the turn, too. I'll be laughing. Oh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> at Creston Henderson, which track did you start racing on? Misha. Okay. Don't even know what you just said there, but okay. It's the town. It's the town they live in. It's the town they live in. It makes it. Right, anyways, okay. Uh, we kind of already asked this one, but this one's from at uh, Sebast four hundred four and the Chelsea Kingston. They both have the same question. It is, what is it like competing against each other as sisters? 
Great. In well, one word. Fun. <laughs> Mostly fun. Until the day Meryl's going to be this, then it's that, me, then it's not going to be fun. <laughs> and she's going to have to go buy her own house. Yes. <laughs> at under, underscore, or at King underscore Clueless. <laughs> Any ideas to get more younger girls into BMX? Poo. Uh, make it more like acknowledgeable at like the schools in Holland, especially the schools like they with how you call it like when they are going to the gym. No, not not the gym, but how you call it the gym sports. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, you could, never mind. Uh, at school, when you go like do activities like outdoors with like the school, yeah, they'll go do soccer or hockey or like all those sports like the regular sports they'll, they'll never go do bmx or something so they never get reintroduced to bmx so if they do that more or at least somewhere i don't know then and i, I think, think the image that it's just for like really top girls yeah. But it's not true because I'm not. It's not. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, a good, that'd be a good way to do it, I guess. Just for schools, it's so expensive to have the bikes and helmets and stuff. Probably, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just do like a clinic tour. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Like uh, next one. This one, you guys can both answer at the same time. There's going to be three different ones in a row. Okay, I can do them all. I guess. Um, so, first question from at Tim Witt. Who's the better bike cleaner? Laura. <laughs> all right next one same idea uh from at rob slater who is more competitive middle what no laura <laughs> uh yeah maybe kind all right of. and from at mp112 who's the favorite daughter <laughs> laura. Laura? Well, that's, that's free and clear <laughs> well it depends who you ask if you ask mom then it's Meryl. If you no, ask dad, it's, it's both. Me. If you ask mom, it's both. If it's dad, it's definitely you. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, are you a daddy's girl? Yes. Hell yes. <laughs> I'm a mama's boy. James, what are you? Oh. I don't know. I'm an only child, man. <laughs> James is just a mommy and daddy's boy. <laughs> OCS for life. Um, at Kev underscore Cockney. Oh, I'm going to butcher this really bad. Poffert, poffert tidges. Poffert tidges. <laughs> or yes. stroop waffles. Oh, stroop waffles. What's yeah. a poffert tidges? The mini pancakes. Like the really small ones. Oh, those are pretty good, yeah. But stroop waffles yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially, especially when they're fresh from the market and they're still like warm. It's so good. <laughs> what are the things we... Okay, it's a quick shot. I can't be asking this, but... What are those things we had... In one night when I was over there, they're little like hot dog things, I think. What? Oh, no, first of all, it's like, like bread, bread dough with a sausage in there. Sounds Maybe. like a corn dog. Yeah, anyway, okay, I'm sorry. Like that was just bad. All right, moving on. <laughs> From at <laughs> underscore Jordan. We've, we've got some uh, really Callum, <laughs> who pushes who more? Who what? what? Who pushes who more? So who pushes each, like each pushes you more on the track? Which sister does it more? Uh, it d- depends on like what's like I push Meryl, but she also also pushes me. But it's more like I push her like to get I think mentally better, and Meryl <laughs> pushes me to get physically better. I guess. Oh uh, yeah, if I was the older sister, there's no way I'd want my younger sister to beat me. 
<laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> uh, I do everything to not let her beat me. <laughs> Cutting her off in practice all the time. I always wanted to have a twin brother growing up. Oh my god, if I had a twin brother, I think we would have ripped each other's heads off. <laughs> At the PDM. Have you two ever dressed up in a couple's costume for Halloween? And if so, what was it? <laughs> well, we, we don't, we don't we do, do Halloween. Halloween. Oh, All of this boring with Halloween. We do nothing. You guys don't do Halloween in Europe, really, do you? No, we do uh, do carnival. <laughs> you guys have Sinterklaas. <laughs> yeah, Sinterklaas. So what is the difference between Sinterklaas and Christmas? It's a, it's a different guy with the same beard. <laughs> <laughs> and he gives presents, so it's kind of the same thing on a different day. Does he have elves in the North Pole, or is that different? <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> this is actually really bad. It's really, um, yeah. Doesn't he put kids in a Racist. sack? Like, really racist. Yeah, yeah they're, they're like really... Black, it's yeah. like black people, like helpers, that help Sinterklaas. It's actually really racist. But, but, this doesn't but sound good. the whole thing, the whole thing is that they get like like dark skin from like the when chimney. they're on the roof like they they help and they they give their presents through the chimney that's why they get black but there's like different <laughs> stories to it yeah. oh my god <laughs> yeah it's bad it's bad it's, it sounds really bad that sounds yeah that sounds not good james yeah maybe we should move on to the next maybe question. we just don't talk about this anymore maybe <laughs> no, it's no point all right the next question from at tygo underscore v underscore oh six what more do you want to achieve in your BMX career? Olympic gold. Yeah. For both? Yeah. Who That's, doesn't? Damn, it's going to be a crowded top of the step. We cannot, we cannot do this both in 2020. Damn, that's going to be a crowded top step. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, at Brendan X. Brown, what race did you think that BMX was going to be your career? I guess he's asking, like, was there a specific race where you realized that BMX could be your uh, profession? Yeah, for me, 2008, Beijing, when I was watching, I wasn't really racing. I was on the couch, 3 a.m. in the morning. I thought, yep, yeah, that's going to be me someday. Meryl? Yeah, for me, 2012 in London. Awesome. On the stands. Awesome. Cool. Uh, I'm going to butcher this one for sure. From at viri.akema. <laughs> Akema? I don't really know. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, <laughs> Viri. to fit school, training and school into your life. I don't know who wrote that one, but so, yeah. they did a bad job. <laughs> well, for me, I finished high school and I had a agreement with my mom and dad that I, if I finished it, I could start riding my bike uh, and have a year off of school. <laughs> um, it's been eight years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bad at combining the two, but I'm definitely uh saying that you need to finish uh some school before you start uh going full-time for bmx but meryl's better at combining so she's um she's better at planning and every all, all that shit and focusing on two things instead of one how'd it grow meryl yeah i um i did i still did school even though i was living at Papenal, but it was really actually really easy because the school i was going to was uh, especially for people that are doing like full-time sports. Uh, so I I could go to school when I could, <laughs> and that's about it. And I did my exams uh, right before Worlds some point. But 
I, 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 it was kind of easy for me, but they I were still really flexible. Yeah, and I still really want to go to school because, but and Holland is a strange system. Like I did a certain level, and I want to do a a higher level, <laughs> but I'm going to do that after Tokyo. So yeah. I'm with Laura on this one. I went to school after high school, did it for like probably a year and a half, and I haven't gone since. <laughs> I haven't wanted to go back. <laughs> you need to go back sometime, James. Eventually, it's so hard. Although the more school I re- the more school I do the more I realized that, like, it's kind of a joke. Like, you don't, <laughs> like, you learn, you learn how to take good tests and, like, memorize stuff, but you don't really learn how to do, like, whatever job you're actually going to do, you know? Yeah, true, yeah. true. Because the school, the school I was going to, the things I was studying, I, I thought it was so boring. And I actually wanted to quit if I could, but I was just like, no, I'll finish it. But now at Geo, I'm doing exactly what I, what I got taught, and I like it way better. I know. Like I feel like at <laughs> so school, different. I feel like at school that you just have to memorize the textbook. You don't even have to actually like apply a lot of the stuff or think about it in real world situations. Like if you're just someone who can memorize a textbook and take a good test, you'll have a degree, and then you'll get to the workplace, and you won't have a clue how to do anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah nowadays, nowadays, if you wanna. Um, like apply for a job they ask for like work experience for two years but how the hell are you gonna start if you've never had a job before james is giving my rant the fucking school system <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there then uh at ronnie lb james Rhonda, shout out Rhonda. to a wonderful bmx family that let us stay in golden last year in their house when our car broke down that was cool. that's so cool anyway she's very nice mom in the BMX community in Canada. How has having your sister on the same journey improved your progression slash success? Well, well, exactly what you just said. I don't want to get beat by my sister. So that's how I'm like, I, it pushes me a lot in training. And I think I never really had that before. Uh, before I didn't train with Meryl, I, I did get pushed in training, but not, not as hard. Meryl? Yeah, I think it's, I really want to work to the day that I'm beating Laura. So in, in training, I'm already like working towards that, I guess. Yeah. Like trying to be her like and trying to get goal. faster and <laughs> trying to follow her on the track. Cause that's like her biggest um, thing that's where she's like better than me, like on the track with her speed. I just need to try and keep up and don't make any mistakes. I like it. I like it. Yeah. That kind of leads into this next one, too, from at underscore Connor Hedges. Have you ever argued because one of you beat the other in a race? Uh, <laughs> no, it was last year in Glasgow, European, European rounds. First day we had just the three motos, and Meryl was in my moto. And I think... Maybe all three? Yeah. All three motos, Meryl was beating me, and then on the last straight, I just passed her just before she was like, yeah, that. Fuck that. That was pretty funny. Okay, this question but, was... Go ahead, go ahead. Were you going to add but, uh, something? Yeah, I, I, hated, I hated the fact that she was leading the whole lap. I was, I was definitely eating myself alive on the track. I was like, this is not going to happen. I need to beat her. I need to beat her. I need to beat her. And then, but then the next day when like semi and finals were, I felt better and my first straight was better. So I was happy again. <laughs> so this question wasn't in, in there, but I just thought of it. Like, on, in all honesty, do you, do you race each other different? Like if you see one sister's in front of the other, would you try and pass them cleaner? Or is it just kind of 
every woman for themselves? Or would you ride each other a little bit nicer? Well, I don't know. We haven't really been in the the exact situation that I could have like passed her with an elbow or not. <laughs> like Solder last year, I doesn't matter if it was Merel or somebody else, but I I usually like rather do a clean move than a than a of, not so clean one. Of course, yeah. So I'm not sure what I would do if if it were gonna be not such a clean one. I don't know. It needs to be at the moment and, you know, in the moment, whatever you're going to do, you're going to do. It's such a short, short time you're going to decide. So, yeah. Yeah. At Quinton underscore P underscore BMX. What's the hardest challenge you've come across and how did you solve it? I guess he's probably talking about each of your individual careers. Yeah. Well, I think for me, it's my back problems. And uh, well, we tried a lot of things which didn't work. Uh, at first and then i met the guys from we lift and they helped me along but my back is something that i will like need to think about and adjust my program and stuff for for the rest of my bmx career but in the beginning it was really hard because i had so much pain and i couldn't do my training like everything i was adjusting the whole time so that was probably my biggest thing yeah, for me, my knee injury in 2014, 15, the winter. Yeah, that was a big, yeah. big setback. I I couldn't do anything anymore, and I was out for half a year, and that was, yeah, pretty harsh. That's rough. All right, the uh, the last question of the segment from at Neat Kimmen. On a scale of one <laughs> to ten, how nervous was Meryl to be on the podcast? <laughs> Um, I came home. I came home just before I did a road ride, and I walked into the home, and Mira was sitting on the dining table and just staring. I was like, "Are you dead?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, Meryl, it's not that bad to be on here, is it? No, no, but I was just really scared. I was going to embarrass myself because I lo- know so little about pretty much everything. What do you so. mean you know so little about everything? You were great. Yeah, yeah. I, I said just just answer the questions they're asking. It's yeah, not we're not hard. gonna we're not gonna ask anything crazy. We're I mean a lot of well, a lot of people are really interested to hear about about you two. <laughs> yeah, Tori, you know the game that we used to do with like the numbers, like the rider numbers. What What do you mean? What game? <laughs> with like uh, who's who's eighty eight or something like that. Yeah, yeah. 80. Yeah. Well, I I. I didn't know anyone. If if we did a game like that right now, yeah. you know, it would probably suck. Yeah. <laughs> well, you would know the main ones, I'm sure. <laughs> we're, we're, no, we're, not we're not going to find out. Let's not start. So, James, should we do a little segment right now? A little uh, a little number game? Yeah, why don't we just throw that in there? Let's do that. <laughs> no, she started it. Who's the one deuce deuce? <laughs> yeah, who, Meryl, who's 122? I'm glad you knew that one. All right. Well, ladies, that's all we had for today. We really appreciate you coming on. We wanted to have you both on. Um, We think you're really good examples for uh, women in BMX, especially. And you both have a really cool story, obviously, with both having successful careers. And, um, you know, I've had the pleasure of becoming closer friends with you two the last couple of years when I stayed with Jasper is right by you before popping down stuff. So, yeah, it was really interesting to talk to you both. And thanks for coming on. And we both wish you the best of luck this year and, and a lot of success. 
Thanks for Thank having you. us. Yeah, and uh, we'll see you too uh, soon, I hope. Yeah, will you be at, like, Micha again for Babanol? I don't know yet. TBA. <laughs> <Okay>. James? <laughs> I'll be at Papendal. Cool, cool. You have, you'll, have to, you'll, you'll have to make James some say. coffee. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I've got the same machine as he has. <laughs> Ooh, I'm coming over for a lockhead. I know, we gotta, we got to see Laura's art. Post a photo of your art. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. All right, ladies, <laughs> you take take care and good luck at your next event. Thank you, thank you, See you girls. Thanks, ladies. Smolder sisters, everybody. The Smolder sisters. Well, okay, I just like to say something. If they're listening to this over again, they will hear this. But half the time, I didn't know which was which because I'm on headphones too, and I couldn't tell. <laughs> you know, a couple of times I had to like be like, oh, which one's this one? And then one time, I literally completely forgot who was talking. <laughs> They sound, they sound, Maryland, you guys just sound too alike. They sound pretty similar over the phone for sure. Yeah, yeah, they do. Was I fa- was actually uh, really interested to learn that I didn't realize Laura was 18 in 2012 when she won the bronze. Yeah, I know. I thought she was a, I thought she was, was 19. Yeah, I guess I got that mixed up. But so that's crazy. Very crazy. Yeah, so. it's cool to hear. About, I don't know, but their relationship is pretty fascinating, honestly, about how they're so successful and um, their sisters. Like, that's uh, truly amazing. Yeah, and they are able to get along so well. Like, obviously, they travel together, race together. All these training camps they go on, I'm sure they room together um, as sisters. So the way they were able to get together and keep or get along with each other and then keep pushing each other in training, uh, I think that's awesome. It's a cool dynamic they have. Very cool. Um, it's going to be really competitive for for um, the whole BMX program in Holland, like for the two women's spots, because they have a bunch of women that are successful now on the World Cup stage. Yeah, they do. They really probably have, what, four or five girls that are going to be fighting for those two spots. So yeah. that's going to be intense. For sure. But it'd be really cool to see um, two sisters go to the Olympics together. That'd be a huge story, too. Like, I'm sure they'd have Seriously. to do a ton of media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure they would. That especially would be, with, their success, like with their success last year and especially how Laura's medaled already. Like, that'd be a huge story. Mm-hmm. I still think that's absolutely unbelievable. Three duchies. The three duchies in the women's final go one, two, three. Like, in the world unbelievable you can't script it better honestly honestly no no you really can't <laughs> so we got our rant we thought of our rant yeah we did think of our rant tori brought this one up to me and he has some really good examples me not so much but he has some really good ones that i'm fully on board with okay so autographs with pros and here's the thing people in bmx like the pros pretty much the vast majority james would you say are really cool and will always take the time for a kid right oh all the time it's really cool that we do that, yeah. Every pro in BMX that I know of will pretty much always take the time to to sign an autograph or take a photo. Except here's the thing. like, I remember after the Olympics, we raced national champs the week after the Olympics. And I was getting a lot of... I was getting a lot of attention at the national champs the weekend after Rio because it was the weekend after Rio and I was just there and everything. And so I was signing autographs and taking pictures the entire weekend and kind of had a bunch of people following me around, which was really cool. And I really appreciate the support. And I made sure I had made all the time I could for um, every single kid. But the one thing I think all of us pros ask is like, when we're going up for practice or moto, or it's right before, right after, like we need the time for ourselves. Like for instance, I was mm-hmm. after signing a bunch of autographs and photos, I went and was riding over to the track with all my gear on, riding onto the track for practice. And a kid asked for an autograph. And I just said, Hey man, do you mind waiting until after? And then I, I kept going and I went onto the track and then the, a dad came on the track and started yelling at me and giving me heck for it. And I was just like, 
oh my God, like I just spent so much time trying to make sure every kid got their autograph and I only asked the kid to wait until after. So I think a lot of times people don't understand that, um, you know, like we're obviously going to make the time for every kid that comes up and make sure that we can give autographs or give pictures or whatever. But at the same time, like people need to respect that that's our career and we need to focus like right before, right after. Yeah, that's your job. You're going out there to do a job, right? Like you can't have somebody just pestering you while you're trying to do your work. <laughs> like, I, that's I know. not cool. <laughs> I know. And another example, like I was climbing the hill in Rock Hill two years ago for the as a semifinal at the USA BMX round. And I was literally climbing the hill for the semi and a dad was asking for a pic with his daughter. And I just asked if he would mind waiting till after. And then he looked upset. And it's like, man, I'm climbing the hill for a semifinal. Like, <laughs> like, what do you I'm expect, not, honestly? I'm, what do you want me to do? Walk down the, walk down the stairs? Yeah, you're at the top of the Supercross hill. Oh, okay, well, one sec, bro. When gate started, can you just hold it? I have to walk down here and sign this guy's shirt. Like, it gets to a point where you have to be like, look, I, I need to race. Like, I understand that that's part of it. And, of course, the next day the dad came up and I made time for his daughter, of course. But they need to respect that, like, we're not on their time and we're there to do a job. And so we're happy to do it. But they also, it needs to be respected that, you know, we need time to focus as well. Yeah, we're, we're in a dangerous sport. You guys, if your mind's not in the right place, you're not focusing on the right things. It gets even more dangerous. So, yeah, you need that time to get focused in, ready to go. So, yeah, I just wanted to make that point to some parents or, or kids watching. I mean, go up to pros and, you know, if it's between motos and there's time and stuff, like any pro will gladly take the time. But if it's right before or right after, like, please, please respect the pros' privacy and, and their ability to focus. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I kind of think that's why we should have more autograph sessions, like designated autograph sessions within the sponsor teams or national teams or whoever it is. I think that would be beneficial for kids and it also put the pros on a little more of a, I don't want to say a platform, but a little more of a show. Like it would put them up there as they're the show of the race kind of thing. I think that would help. hundred percent. I mean, look at what, look at what Supercross, obviously Supercross, like motocross is a, is a much bigger market and much bigger sport, but they have like the pit party on Saturday before, um, racing like during the day during practice where fans can go in the pits and all the teams do autograph sessions and they um do their best to meet with the fans and stuff and obviously like i'm not delusional i know bmx isn't that big but at the same time we could take example from that sport and maybe have um team autograph sessions or a big one every race like we're all there why don't we do one friday morning at the usa bmx races or even thursday or something but friday probably work better before racing um at the world cups like why not do it the practice day also where there's a massive autograph signing or something and um, it could kind of let the fans interact more with their favorite rider and, um, you might avoid situations like that, you know, like, yeah, I completely agree. I think that'd be awesome. And just thinking out loud here too, that would be great. Like let's say at a world cup, you have an opportunity for these younger riders or fans that are at the race to actually come talk to the different people from different countries and, um, get an autograph. I think that'd be cool. Actually. It makes the riders more personable too. Cause you can kind of see them like off the track and that's, you know, people yeah. like to feel connected to their favorite rider athlete. Yeah. It's too bad when you see a pro like in a racing state of mind where they are focused and then you get a, sometimes they'll get a bad reputation because they seem like they're being a dick out there, but really they're just trying to focus. And if you cut the guy away from his racing situation, then he's probably a funny laughing guy. Like you'll have a great time. You'll chat shit with you, but it's just sometimes when they're getting into the race mode, you got to be serious. You got to focus. And it's unfortunate when people get, um, kind of identified the wrong way because of that it's just bad timing i know and a lot of guys and like myself included before a race i gotta have headphones in i can't talk to anybody and i just like i gotta be in my own little world and um i don't know like if a lot of people like they see that and they might think something of someone but it's like they, that's just how they get in the zone yeah yeah big time yeah so 
something to think about for you know everybody out there, even us included. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, uh, we got, obviously I'm in Rock Hill this weekend. We have the uh, USA BMX Supercross race here, uh, but also Verona this weekend in Italy. Um, what are your thoughts and predictions on that race going on over there? That'll be a big one. It's a good track. It's wide open. The turns are really strange, honestly. Like I raced an Italian round there in 2016. Me and PH went there for a week to train and then raced an Italian UCI round. It's cool because the track is like wide open and fast and everything, but the turns, like they're huge, but they're really, I don't know how to explain it. They're really weird. Like they're flat and you don't really use like, for instance, the last turn's huge, but you don't really use it. Yeah, interesting. I've only ever seen videos too, and it thing just looks huge. <laughs> and the jump, the jumps, like there's nothing wrong with the track, but the jumps, like I think the people that have rode it will agree the jumps are a little weird. Yeah. And I don't know how to explain it, but when you ride it, they don't feel, I don't know, they don't feel like a normal supercross track jumps. Yeah, no, I get that. It's interesting. They look pretty small even. Some of them, like the berm jump didn't look huge, but then they randomly, the one out of the turn, is it? Out of the second turn or the second jump out of the second turn just randomly looks big too. Just, yeah, you're right. Maybe weird. I know it's a bit weird, but for racing, I think. All right. Sorry if there was a little jankiness right there with a little, uh, if the sentences didn't match up because we, long story short, we had to stop and start again. So we're back. We're back. I don't need to explain how there are production works, but let's go, let's go James. (laughs) (laughs) Tech team's slow, but, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I'm interested to see how the, uh, the Frenchies do in the year round because, uh, obviously, Nick has kind of won all, I guess I would say all the races, the big races up to this point. But I feel like the French guys, Jeremy and Romain, haven't really been in there with them. So they kind of be all together again for this next race on a, I'll say, neutral playing field. So that'll be interesting. I think so, too. I think so, too. And I mean, I think the bangers will be, will be faster, like always. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. I think the French, look for the French guys. Are the French and Dutch, they all racing it? I would assume they would be. I would assume so too. I saw Harmson was injured just on Instagram post earlier. Uh, he was, he crashed in Manchester, so he's just sore. He's not racing, but I'm assuming the rest of them are going. Um, yeah, the Frenchies are going. I'm sure the Brits are, British guys are going. Sylvan will probably show up to Rock Hill. Sylvan somehow, yeah, Sylvan <laughs> will be at the wrong one. He'll take the wrong flight and end up He'll on take the wrong American flight. Soil. <laughs> That's actually good because I mean, less people in Rock Hill, James. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> so Rock Hill predictions, James. What, how are we feeling? We ready? Feeling good, actually. Me and Alex have been training well at home together. We've actually had some good time to ride outside, get some training in. So um, it's kind of just nice to get back out to racing again. Like We kind of had the first two races of the year in Phoenix and Oldsmar to almost see where you're at. And then we've had now another kind of month break here to kind of uh, keep working on a few things and adjust a few things that you want to change in your program and now see where you're at again before we go to Europe in next month. So feeling good, you know. We'll see how the racing goes. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how many guys will be there because it seems like some races this year haven't had as many guys as usual. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. And especially now with Verona being there, like I feel like Europeans would normally come to this race, but they have their own race to go to. So I know. I'll be in- I'm interested as well. And uh, we got U.S. National Champ. I say we. They have U.S. National Champs here on Friday. You going to watch? So uh, that'll be fun to just to watch, maybe put some money on, I don't know, podium? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's make a prediction for the podium. Um Con- is Connor racing it? I don't, I don't think Connor's racing it. I was texting him yesterday, but I don't know if he is. I didn't okay, I don't think he is. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, we'll say he isn't. Say he isn't. Where was, so he posted? Corbin, Where was the video he just posted? I think Corbin could be up there, Where was the video he just posted? Was that in Australia or something? Yeah, it was in Australia, I think. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think Connor's racing, so we'll, we'll make our predictions as if Connor's not racing. So, 
I think Connor's going to win. Or no, <laughs> wow. Corbin. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think Corbin's going to win. Um, second. God, who's going to be second? I don't know. Jetty's back racing, I saw, which is good. But I, I don't saw know how that, long he's been on the bike. I don't know. Yeah, I think maybe someone like Van Kamen could get second. Yeah, or Jay Smooth. Posey. They got Posey there. Uppy. Uppy's going to be here. Cam's going to be there. They, they have a good battle, I think. They're I'm gonna going to have a good battle. I'm going Corbin. I'm going Larson, and I'm going okay. I'm going Posey. You're on Posey. Ooh, okay, that's a good three. That's a good three. Hmm, am I, do I got to throw three out there too? Yeah, you got to throw three. I have a feeling Corbin's been really fast on this track in the past, so I think he's going to be the same. I think yep. he'll be fast. I think he'll win. Yep. Um, I think if Jetty's looking like he was in Oldsmar, he's got a shot for, I guess, even first, to be honest. But he'll be on the podium then, and I think... Posey's got a good shot for the podium as well. He's always fast. Um, but, yeah, someone like, yeah, Cam's obviously really fast, younger kid. Um, Jay Smooth has been going fast. Yeah, Jay Smooth's um, good there too. I feel we're going to be missing people, and we're sorry if you listen and you're not saying your name. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that will be exciting. I think Johnny Holshaw can get on there. Johnny Holshot, <laughs> he's totally gonna listen to this and realize we weren't mentioning. He's gonna be my bad. <laughs> he's gonna be fucking pissed. We didn't say he's Nick. gonna be pissed. Oh man, you're gonna cut off in practice for sure now. <laughs> but Nick, yeah, Nick's got a good podium shot, I think too. Yeah, yeah, he's been hitting those pro starts when he was in uh, in Albuquerque, so he's gonna be ready for this race. <laughs> he is. Yeah. All right, James. Well, good luck in Rock Hill. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Good Appreciate luck. It. Have fun, and uh, we'll see you next week when you're back. Yeah, sounds good. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed the show. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Talk to you guys later. Bye.